Friends, how's everybody today? Uh, s- some of you have snow. I have not looked out the windows yet. Uh, although when the dog came in, he didn't appear to have more snow on him uh, than usual. So I don't know that it's snow. I have no idea what it's doing outside. All I know what is what we're doing here on the inside. And we're uh, going to be looking at Luke chapter 6 this morning. But from wherever you hail, be it... Uh, center moral, uh, or if it be um, at, at the intersection of uh, the Route 131 and the Poor's Mill Road, or whether it be Florida or Rhode Island or Pennsylvania or India or some other place in the world, we just uh, wish you all a wonderful, wonderful day today as we get into our day. Luke chapter 6 is where we're Heading, let me get us over there into the passage of Scripture. It says, one day, uh, one Sabbath, Jesus was going through the grain fields, and his disciples began to pick some heads of grain and rub them in their hands and to eat the kernels. Now, I mean, if you just picture this, 
they're going along, they're walking through the grain fields and just very simply putting their hands down and scooping up some grain. And I've done it before. You just kind of make forks out of your fingers and just kind of scoop up the grain off, off the stalks. And it says rubbing them together, getting the, the outer skin off what we would call the chaff. Uh, and then, uh, enjoying just nibbling on the grain. I mean, it was a joyful, simple, uh, just almost thoughtless thing to do. It didn't seem like work. It didn't seem like it was, uh, okay, we're out laboring to do this. And yet, you get to verse 2, and this is what we read. Some of the Pharisees asked, why are you, why are you doing what's unlawful on the Sabbath? They were looking at this and saying, why are they doing this work? Well, they didn't have winnowing forks in their hands. They didn't have sickles and size out cutting down the, down the grain, whatever type of grain it may have been. Uh, doesn't say that they were laboring in any stretch of imagination, simply walking along and just making forks out of their fingers. They walk and some of it coming into their hand, maybe a little handful and just rub your hand together, your hands together and, and the chaff, the, the outer skin comes off and you just eat the grain. They had to make such a great big stink out of this, uh, in, in threatening tone, perhaps even, you know, what are you doing? Why, why are you doing this unlawful thing on the Sabbath? Jesus answers them in kind of a, a little bit of a riddle. Um, if you, Never read what David did when he and his companions were hungry. Now, now this David goes a step further, and his companions go a step further. They're actually hungry, and they actually go to do something about their hunger. The disciples and Jesus are just walking along. They might not be thinking, oh, we're hungry. But they walk along, and they're just scooping up the grain. It's all they're doing nibbling on it almost thoughtlessly. I, I, I've done it as a kid when I was back on the farm. I get it. Uh, and so Jesus says what David did and his companions did, they were hungry. They entered the house of God and taking the consecrated bread, he ate what was lawful only for the priests to eat. And he gave some to his companions. And Jesus said to them, the son of man is Lord of the Sabbath. Now there are uh other passages we could go to where Jesus says, look, the Sabbath is made for man, not man for the Sabbath. And uh, very, very simply stated in, in that type of a way. And, and yet what was going on was the, uh, the, the religious leaders, the Pharisees, the, uh, and it says in verse two, it was the Pharisees. You know, why are you doing what's unlawful on the Sabbath? You shouldn't be doing this. And um, making a big, big deal out of what's happening here. Now, now, some question comes into, you know, why, why Jesus answers with what he answers. Why does he answer with uh, this situation with David? Uh, and when his companions were walking along, when they were hungry, that, that that's a question that comes to mind. Why does he answer that way? Well, because for them, for, for, for the Pharisees, for the Jewish people, David was a great, great hero. 
And so Jesus is saying, here is one of your greatest heroes, and he did something even worse. He literally went into the temple uh, area, and uh, uh, verse 4 says the house of God, the temple area, or it wasn't actually a temple because the temple wasn't built yet, but it was the tabernacle, the tent of tabernacle, uh, the, the area that still had the courtyard. It was still kind of a representation of what the the actual temple area would be like, the, the outer courtyard, and, and a priest gave them some bread, and they ate it. Uh, and the priest didn't seem to make a big deal out of it. Nothing's made a big deal out of it, but, but I want to go over and uh, look just for a moment at some other uh, information about this. Uh, that uh, that may help us to understand a little bit more fully uh, what is going on here. And it, it actually, the article I'm looking at is is actually a pretty lengthy article uh, about this question. And the question is: Was it wrong for David to eat the sh- the showbread in First Samuel chapter 21? So this is the section that uh, Jesus is referencing. What we would now know as First Samuel 21 verses one through six. Uh, and I, I'm just going to read to you bits and pieces of this to make commentary. In 1 Samuel 21, David is on the run from Saul. David comes from the town of Nob, uh, where the tabernacle was, and meets with Ahimelech the priest. David asks for food, but Ahimelech has only the showbread, which was consecrated for use in the tabernacle. The law reserved that the showbread was exclusively for the sons of Aaron. That's found in Leviticus 24. The priest gave him the consecrated bread since there was no other bread or no other food except the bread of the presence that was totally forbidden. Uh, they had been removed from before the Lord and replaced by hot bread on the day it was taken away. So the showbread is, is like day-old bread, actually. Now, the issue with David eating the showbread comes up in Jesus' response to the Pharisees, as we have just read. Jesus citing this, he says, uh, haven't you read what David did? Uh, something not lawful. Jesus himself acknowledging, especially over in the Matthew passage, the, the parallel passage, Matthew chapter 12, that this bread was only for the priest. Jesus here seems to use what David did regarding the showbread as justification for what his disciples were doing. Uh, it, if that is the case, then David must have been in the right. There are several views on what makes it allowable for David to eat this bread. One postulation is that since it was old bread, not fresh bread, it was perfectly acceptable for the priest to give it away to someone else. But there was nothing in the law regarding that showbread indicates that the priests were allowed to give it away. Although, that also means that there's nothing in the law stating that they couldn't give it away. The law doesn't say, can they give it away? Can they not give it away? It's not clear. It's not stated. So so if it's a silent issue, don't make a big issue out of it. Uh, Saul would then later come and accuse the priest uh, of inquiring on behalf of David and doing things that he shouldn't do, much less the inquiry that the bread about the bread and the Lord had uh, responded affirmatively in David's view. Uh, there's just nothing in the text. And Samuel's wrong 
I mean, already in the wrong, pursuing David as he's pursuing him. David has already been called the anointed of the Lord. He's already been appointed to be the king, and David is pursuing him to kill him because he doesn't want him to become the king. Uh, A third suggestion is that some would say in the case of ceremonial rules that they could be set aside for the greater good. David seems to appeal to the priest on this basis, and ultimately this may have been why the priest gave him the bread. The, the priest did make sure that David and his men had kept themselves from women, uh, as sexual relations would have made them unclean for that day. You'd have to go back to Leviticus 15 to read about that. They needed to be pure in order to partake of that bread. Uh, and so if they were ceremonial ceremonially clean that it was perfectly okay for the priest to give it uh, to them uh, as in an emergency type situation. And then finally, another postulization, another argument is that David, uh, both David and his priests simply have an adequate understanding of the law. They, they both seem to assume that if David's men were in a state of ritual purity, then eating the showbread would be proper. Of course, it's also possible that this, was a simple, quick justification that would not have held up under scrutiny. Nonetheless, it doesn't seem that what David and his men did is in any way uh, called wrong, except where Jesus says that they violate the law. The fact that Jesus comments on it is what really raises the issue. What does come to mind in the midst of this is that while David was a man after God's own heart, we read about that in 1 Samuel 13, 14, he subsequently, after God says that about him, will have a lot of fault and a lot of failures, and this perhaps is one of them. I think the thing that Jesus is really trying to to get to here, there's a lot more uh, in, in this section. But Jesus, I think really what he's getting to is that these Pharisees are hypocritical nitpickers. Uh, What David did was not lawful, yet they saw David as a great hero. What Jesus' disciples did was lawful since they were truly not harvesting grain, but simply plucking some grain to munch on as they walked along. The Pharisees did not condemn David for actually breaking the law. But now they're willing to condemn Jesus and his disciples for something that was actually allowable. I mean, and we see these now. There, there are situations, there are church situations that are very, very, very legalistic. You know, uh, still, even even today, there are situations that, you know, your hair has to be just, just the right length. Uh, you have to be dressed just the right type of way. Uh, you know, uh, you go all the way back to the Amish or you go back to the Mennonites and, you know, if they have any chrome, they'll paint over it and make it black. Things of that, maybe not all Mennonites, but many Mennonites, at least the more older Orthodox Mennonites would do things like that. Uh, And we begin to nitpick on things and, and we nitpick on those things, but the larger things in life that, that should be, uh, issues to us, compassion and righteousness and justice become secondary to the secondary things. The secondary things are these small little nitpick areas 
uh, and, and yet we allow the later things to go undone. Jesus is is drilling them back on this issue and saying, "Look, you you guys are nitpicking on things. I mean, we weren't even really truly harvesting. We're just munching on grain as we walk." Well, then then the Pharisees could have said, "Well, you're walking. You shouldn't be doing that either." I mean, have you ever been in a situation where people nitpick at you like that, and and yet there's no concern about do you really love God? Uh, there's no concern about are you really trying to live for God? There's no concern over you know what's the fruit of your life. There's no concern over where are you in in, in relationship to the Holy Spirit. There's no concern over your relationship to the Word of God. None of those things are there, and and, and yet they're worried about these little little fine point details. Well, in the passage, another thing happens that uh, will even make them even more incensed. And here we read it uh, in verse 6 on another Sabbath. So Shabbat is happening when they're picking the grain. Then there's another Shabbat, another Sabbath, uh, when he goes into the synagogue and was teaching, and the man was there whose right hand was shriveled. Now, it's perfectly okay to go in the synagogue and teach, which is work. Uh, and then there's a man whose right hand was shriveled. The Pharisees and teachers of law were looking for a reason to accuse Jesus. So they watched him closely to see if he would heal on Shabbat. But Jesus knew what they were thinking and said to the man with the shriveled hand, get up and stand in front of everyone. So he got up and he stood there. And Jesus said to them, I ask you, which is lawful on the Shabbat? to do good or to do evil, to save life or destroy it. And he looked around at all of them. Now, this is the idea. It says he looked around at all of them. It's like he's looking into their eyes. He looks at them and with penetrating gaze, looks right into their eyes. If you can just picture this, uh, like I'm looking right now at the camera, like I'm looking right into your eyes. That's the sense that's going on here. He looked around at all of them and said to them, stretch out your hand. He did so, and he and his hand was completely restored. But they were furious and began to discuss with one another what they might do to Jesus. Here's this compassionate act, this man with shriveled hand, God, who did actually take the seventh day as a rest day, as we read back in the Genesis account, now, on Shabbat, on the Sabbath day, working, working, you know, because Jesus spoke the word and the man's hand was healed. Here's the issue. They couldn't do compassionate things. Now, there, there will be many other conversations that Jesus will have with the, with the Pharisees about Sabbath and all the different things. And, and so there will be other occasions because I mean, there's only seven days in the week, and there'll be other things that Jesus does on Shabbat uh, that they're going to try to to lynch him for because, and he's going to come back and say, look, if your donkey falls into a well, uh, you're going to go get that donkey out, even if it's Shabbat. Or, you know, unfortunately, pray pray for Virgil and Jennifer. Uh, And uh, Yesterday, I just touched base. I didn't know anything about what was going on with Virgil's... uh, basement uh, until I read about it when I woke up the following day or the next day, might have been 
what was that? Maybe Sunday, I guess I might have read about the basement uh, flooding and the walls beginning to collapse and whatnot. So, you know, what do you do? It's Shabbat. You go down, you pump the basement out, you you secure your walls. Uh, so you just pr- I don't know. I'm sure they're assessing, trying to get things dried out and figure out what they need to, need to do down there. Uh, so I am. What do you do? It's Shabbat. Do you let your basement flood? No, it's Shabbat. What do you do? Let your walls cave in? No, you get down and do something about it. And yet these nitpicking, uh, duplicitous, two-faced, hypocritical Pharisees make much about Jesus doing a compassionate act. We need to make sure that our righteousness and our compassion and our mercy and our graciousness and, and even the joyfulness that perhaps the disciples had, the, the sense of peace and freedom with, with themselves and with each other and with God, uh, walking through the grain fields, picking the, pick, picking the grains and, and rubbing them together and eating the grains, so simple, so childlike, such so childlike faith that, that we live with that type of faith, that we live with that type of love, that we live with that type of compassion, that we do good things to those who are in need. And yes, I do think we should try to take Sabbath rest and have a Sabbath principle and try to rest and all those types of things. But we must make sure that the higher things of righteousness and justice and and compassion and mercy uh, supersede the lower things. I, I, I do think that there is higher and there is lower. And that's, that's a whole philosophical conversation that you could have about higher morality and lower morality and what do you do? And, um, and I think Jesus is demonstrating you show compassion. I think Jesus is demonstrating that you show mercy. I think that, that Jesus is demonstrating that you, you care for people. Um, and yet, nonetheless, this is making the religious people furious. And friends, if we walk with Jesus in the way that Jesus wants us to walk with him, we ourselves may also experience, um, People being irritated and angry with us because, you know, we're not consumed with the lesser things. We're consumed with the greater things. So I encourage us. Let's be like Jesus. Let's walk like Jesus. Let's make the greater things of greater importance. Let's make the greater things of of mercy, compassion, uh, joy, peace, helpfulness, uh, goodness, uh, supersedes some of the ceremonial aspects of things that, that sometimes people get all wigged out over. When it, we're called to be like Jesus. I'm not saying we should look for occasion to break rules or laws. I'm not saying that. But I'm saying that when there's a need, you meet the need. When there's the need of compassion, you show compassion. That's what I'm saying. So, Lord, help us. Help us to live like you would want us to live. Help us to be like you. Help us to walk following your example. Help us to walk living in a way that is good for others, in a way that brings you glory. Lord, hear our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Friends, we'll see you tomorrow. Have a good day.